Thanks so much for joining us here on The Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website. ClarkDeals.com is where you go to save money. Speaking of saving money, coming straight ahead, I want to tell you how to avoid somebody pretending something's on sale when it's a non-sale sale. Coming up in 20 minutes, the banks are back to their old tricks, playing fast and loose with the facts, cheating you, and I'm going to tell you a special warning to look out for if your bank is being a scuzzoid. And coming up in a half hour, how do you protect yourself if you've invented something? How do you, if you have an idea, how do you make sure that you're going to be able to move that thing along? I have an old strategy that is new again I want to share with you in just 30 minutes. So Amazon accounts for... a significant share of online sales. Amazon is, uh, were they 40% of online sales and 8% of overall retail? 6% of overall retail, something like that. No, 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 I'm sorry. If they're 40% of online sales, they would be somewhere around 4 to 5% of overall sales. But they are a significant influence And there are people who just buy Amazon again and again and again. And the problem with that convenience, as I've shared with you in the past, is Amazon is not about being cheap anymore. And they'll do the special blowout day like they did in the summer where they had the the Amazon Prime Day. And it's all about marketing so that you feel like, oh, Amazon's where you go for deals. It's not. There are times Amazon will have a deal, but that's not the business they're in anymore. It's all about convenience. So how do you know if a price you see on Amazon is any good? Well, there are several tools now you can use to see the historical price trends for an item on Amazon, and you're able to say, well, hey, it was $40 less two weeks ago. I'm not going to buy it now, or... This is $80 cheaper than it's ever been. I'm going to buy it or whatever. So I've told you in the past about camelcamelcamel.com, but uh, I like that. Producer Joel loves Keepa, K-E-E-P-A.com. And you use these to be able to track prices. But also, if you're looking to buy something, There's something that people are polarized on because it can be a bit annoying on your computer, but Invisible Hand does way beyond just telling you if Amazon's price is good for Amazon, up or down. Invisible Hand goes out when you're looking to buy something on pretty much any e-commerce site. It sees what you're looking, what you're comparison shopping for, And it will instantly shop that item for you in the background on your computer. And then it will give you a warning that the price you're seeing at whatever site you're looking at is not anywhere near the lowest. The lowest price is blah, blah, blah. And so if you don't mind 
always having that tap of the shoulders saying, not so fast, buddy, that's not really a deal. Don't download Invisible Hand. On the other hand, if you want the best deal, Invisible Hand is a bit of a nuisance, but it definitely gets the job done. So another thing that's been a big problem and growing problem on Amazon are all the fake reviews. And so you're looking, thinking about buying something, and all these reviews are just fantastic or really terrible, as maybe a competitor is trying to keep you from buying whatever that item is. Because, you know, more than half of all sales on Amazon are not from Amazon. Amazon's just being a marketplace for more than half the stuff on there, like eBay is a marketplace. So you're not really buying from Amazon. And so a lot of people will be picking at each other on there, putting false negatives, or people will put up false positives for themselves. And so now there's something known as FakeSpot. You check it out at fakespot.com. It's able to analyze an item and let you know if the reviews are good reviews or if they're really just lying to you trying to get you to make a buy or no buy decision based on those reviews. So I just want you to be careful and make sure that you're not wasting your money. Ed's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Ed. How are you? Hey, Clark. Doing fine. How about you? Great. Thank you, Ed. What's going on? Good. Well, I just got a letter from Publishers Clearinghouse. <laughs> How rich hey, are you? One. Yeah, huh? How rich are you going to be? Oh, I'm going to be $75,000 richer. <laughs> the only trouble is they sent me a check along with it for $4,713.89 and says uh, for me to deposit this, but only after I call this guy. Uh, I won't give you his name with his phone number. So tell him uh, there's PCH uh, prize number and he'll issue me a check. So I called him and he said, yes, you can go ahead and deposit this in the bank, uh, but do it. Don't you don't check, don't cash your check and don't put it in the bank until you call me first. Now let me know exactly what time you're going to deposit the check. I said, well, why is this necessary? And he said, he says, well, I have to tell them that the check is okay. And this is to cover all the all the uh, taxes and stuff for your funds. And as soon as this is done, we'll send a man out and give you your check for $75,000. So I said, well, I can't get to the bank today. I have to go Monday. And he said, well, okay, that'll be fine, but you've got to call me before you go and let me know exactly when you're going to deposit it. And I said, okay, I'll call you Monday. And I have not, of course. <laughs> so let me tell you this. The- Publishers Clearinghouse yeah. has a massive section of their website now just devoted to telling people about all these scams that thing you have is a hundred percent bogus it's not the real deal let me tell you what they were eventually going to try to get from you ed yeah that's what i can't figure out i'll tell you they were going to try to get they were going to try to get from you your checking account number, what's known as your routing mm-hmm. numbers for your financial institution and your account, uh-huh. supposedly uh-huh. to wire in to your account. And I and I didn't hear what you said. Did you win a million or what they say you won? 
No, second prize, seventy-five thousand. Seventy-five thousand. Okay, nice to have seventy-five thousand. Yeah. Except there's not really seventy-five. So what they would do is once you had told them, "Hey, the the money has cleared. It's now posted in my account." Instead of depositing the seventy-five thousand into your account, they would take the forty-five hundred from your account plus whatever else they could get, whatever else other money was in your account. And they'd be gone no. with the wind. The forty-five hundred dollar check that they've given you is a counterfeit, but it takes up to six weeks for it to come back as a counterfeit. And in the meantime, yeah. you get no seventy-five thousand, and they've already emptied your checking account of the forty-five hundred and whatever else other money they can get from it. Yeah. So don't have well, any other conversations with them. Oh, I won't. <laughs> but it's no, it's. They're ju- they're just crooks. Yo, it, and it looks so legit. That's what's so amazing about it. this check is absolutely legitimate looking. And uh, but you know what? I, it's drawn on a certain bank in a certain uh, city. I googled them, got their address and phone number, and I called these people, and they of course said this is absolutely a fraud, and asked me to. And I faxed them the copy of the check and the letter and all this good stuff. And I, hopefully they'll find out who's doing this. I doubt it, but. This is. I just want to be sure and let that you know. Well, Ed, I'll tell you what you've done. You are now a member of Team Clark because you've warned other people about this particular version of the Publishers Clearinghouse scam. Not that Publishers Clearinghouse is a scam, but all the people that trade on their name with these phony baloney scams, you've avoided harm. You've helped other people avoid harm as well, and I appreciate that. Mike is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Mike. How are you? Uh, I'm peachy. Good afternoon. So, Mike, you have a weird circumstance to tell me. <laughs> I, I'm looking for some level-headed uh, input is what I'm looking for. All right. Um, I was involved in a, in a traffic accident a couple of weeks ago. and You okay? Was, were you hurt? Uh, no, no, no. I mean, I'm not one of those, uh, see if I can get the 15000 out of the insurance company type of people. I was rear-ended, so... I'm sure I could go for that, but that's not what it's all about. It was a multiple car, not really a crash, just a, a serious fender bender. I was the first in the line. The lady behind me was sandwiched between the person that hit both of us. So the police arrived. We pulled into a, uh, into a parking lot, and it was ascertained that nobody's really hurt, but the little girl that hit us was, uh, I guess, uh, I don't think she had insurance, but luckily I have, and the lady behind me had also. We were there probably about 20, 30 minutes, two officers took our statements, wrote all the paperwork out, and um, advised me that I could go. I said, are you sure? And he goes, yeah, sure, we're done. Okay, go. So I hopped in my truck. The front of my truck was to the back of the lady who had originally been behind me and hit. So I'm I'm already starting not to like this. (laughs) So I had to uh, back up. And and I've got, uh, you know, some real wide view mirrors on either side of my truck. And I backed up slowly, very slowly. So you ran into that young woman who had hit you in the first place? No, God, no, 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 not at all. She was somewhere else by then. But I backed up and I walked out of my truck and I, I looked and the police officer's motorcycle was lying on the ground. Oh, no. Uh, No, you did not hit a police motorcycle. (laughs) Uh, It it wasn't funny at the time. It was pretty distressing, but it's not really funny now. No, it's not, but it's it's pretty way out there. Uh, The policeman wasn't on it. It, He wasn't on it. They were actually still, you know, wrapping up the paperwork. And uh, And and then he had to start a new set of paperwork. What did he do to you? 
Well, he wasn't real upset. He, I mean, he said to me, "Hey, I, you, just if it, you know, if it's any means anything to you, I'm, I don't hold it against you." But anyway, I did hit it, and uh, I didn't really do any damage with my vehicle to his vehicle. It's the falling down that did a little bit of damage. All right, so uh, so he writes you a ticket, I bet. They wrote me a ticket. Yeah, they wrote me a ticket. Uh, it's a four-pointer in this state. And, have you been uh, to court yet? No, sir, I have not. All right, so you have a court date, though, for that. If I so desire, yes. Oh, I've yes, you do desire. Seven. Absolutely, you do desire. Okay. Because you go to court. If your insurance company has already taken care of the police motorcycle, the judge has the discretion to reduce the charge or even uh, may even have a way for you to plea out a certain way, depending on the rules and your jurisdiction, and you end up without the points, almost without exception, going to court, you will never end up worse off than you would have been, and most of the time you end up better off. Do you think there's any chance at all of, of them throwing that ticket out? If the officer no-shows, then in many jurisdictions, it would be thrown out. Okay, okay. So it politeness pays, how your dress pays, the whole demeanor you present to the judge, yes, Your Honor, no, Your Honor, all that does matter. I know it seems weird, but judges are completely influenced as people. We think of judges because they're up on that bench and in their robes and all that. We think of them as being almost like creatures. They're not. They are full, breathing human beings. And the way you present yourself most of the time does make a difference. And the only good thing in your whole story, Mike, is nobody was hurt. Today's Clark Rageous Moment is about something you need to focus on It's when your own bank is conning you, ripping you off, and it is absolutely a true Clark rage. Scams, rip-offs, outrages. It's a Clark rageous moment. Your bank may have cheated you and lied to you and stolen your money by convincing you to sign up for their piece of trash overdraft. I can't even say the lion word protection. Banks make billions and billions and billions of dollars a year by giving you misleading language, saying they're offering you this special privilege that even when you don't have money in your account, Don't worry about it. They'll approve your transaction. Like they're doing a benefit for you. They're cheating you. When you're at a store with your piece of trash, fake Visa or fake MasterCard, they know you don't have money in your account, but they approve it anyway. Why? So they can rip you off with an average $34 overdraft fee. And I'd say they're smiling all the way to the bank, but they're the bank. They're the bank robbers stealing from you. What you want to have happen is if you go to buy that cup of coffee and you don't have enough money to buy the cup of coffee, your purchase is declined. And then that $3 cup of coffee doesn't cost you $37. The banksters 
are just laughing about you behind your back that their lying language made you think that they were doing something special and privileged for you. So if your bank has lied to you, you need to think about whether you want to do business at that bank. But if you do want to stay with them, at least go and change your preference to no overdraft protection. Because remember, all you're doing is protecting the fat cat's profits at the bank so they can hang out at their country clubs and fly on their private jets and rip you off. Don't let them get away with it. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show where you learn ways to save more and spend less. Don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website. Clark.com slash ask is where you go to ask me a question. You also can ask a question of a member of our team. That's free. We do that from 10 in the morning till 7 in the evening Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, just adjust for your time zone. Full details on the number and the rest that you need to know on the home screen, Clark.com. Scroll down just a bit and you'll see how to call in for free off-the-air advice. Many years ago, in fact, it was last decade, I think, I was talking about an internet startup called Quirky, Q-U-I-R-K-Y. And Quirky was like an inventor's servicing bureau that if you came up with an idea that you thought was a commercial product, but you didn't know how to shepherd it along or do anything like that, you could submit it on Quirky. If they liked your idea, they would supposedly help you develop it and there would be a, if it became a successful consumer product or business product or whatever, that there would be this royalty share and it would allow somebody who's got great ideas but not the resources or the ability to bring it into life as a real product to do that. I was really excited about it because it's been hard over the years with the calls I get from would-be inventors to give you a clear glide path to make your idea come alive. There are a lot of scamsters out there and all the rest. Well, Quirky eventually went bankrupt. And I remember when I had to talk about that on the air because I was really dejected because I'd been happy to have a place to refer people to. And there were people who were getting royalties from Quirky who in the bankruptcy they lost, uh, royalties they were owed, and all the rest. Well, now someone has bought Quirky from the bankruptcy court. It's back alive, and they are doing a little bit different than they did before, but basically the same concept of being there as a servicing bureau for someone who has an idea you want to bring to market. And I'm glad that I have that to be able to refer to again, and we'll see if it passes the test of time this time if they've invented, if you excuse the pun, a new way to make the business work. I want you to be aware that if you are a would-be inventor or inventor, run away from those ads on TV. Run away from those websites that promise that they're going to bring your idea to market. All you need to do is pay them a zillion thousand dollars 
and they're going to bring it into the marketplace. Those are just con artists looking to take advantage of you. Augustine is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Augustine. Hi, Clark. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. You have a question for me about paying for everyday life. Yes, sir, I do. What are you thinking about doing? Well, I'm a Vietnam veteran. I'm drawing money from the uh, VA and Social Security, about 2500 a month, but it's not enough to live on. So I do have a house that has about 700000 in equity. I'm thinking about getting a reverse mortgage or an equity line of credit or whatever you suggest. Okay, first things first, thank you for your service to our country in a war that Americans did not appreciate the sacrifice of people at that time. Thank you. Um, So before I answer your question, I want to tell you, I took my brother who fought in Vietnam back to Vietnam, and it was a fantastic experience for him, something he never wanted to do, and then he did it, and it was great. Have you ever gone back? No, I haven't. He served in the Mekong Delta. And it was not the greatest experience for him. Never wanted to see the place again. And now he can't stop talking about what a great thing it was that he went back. So if you ever get a chance, you might consider going back. I was with the 3rd Infantry Division in the Mekong Delta, Dong Tam. I'm trying to remember. We went to where his base had been. The base no longer existed. And he was a Navy man who served, served the Marines in the Mekong Delta. So to your question, a reverse mortgage that's so heavily promoted on TV is a potential last option to generate additional income for you. And the reason it's a last option is there are a lot of fees up front doing a a reverse mortgage. The beauty of that reverse mortgage, though, is that it will allow you to stay in your home and it will generate income for you where they pay you every month for the rest of your life or as long as you remain in that home. So it does exactly what you asked for, and with as much equity as you have, it would generate an additional very, very nice income for you. Okay. But it's an area where any legitimate lender will require that you go through financial counseling first. I've already done that. I've looked into it, but I just can't okay. seem to pull the trigger out. All right, so on pulling the trigger, in that marketplace, you will find that the costs you have to absorb vary from lender to lender. And the more you shop it up front, the better you're going to be in terms of what you end up paying. Now, your plan B, you mentioned, doing a home equity line of credit, that's something that people will do as an alternative is with the home equity line of credit, you'll have very low closing costs in contrast to the reverse mortgage, and you'll have a line you can draw against as you wish. But the interest rate on the home equity line will float, and you'll have to make minimum payments per month on it. Interest only, right? Generally, interest only for 10 years. Is that a good idea if I took 100 or 200,000? As an alternative, I think that that potentially is a valid alternative. Can I ask how old you are? 65. All right, and how would you grade your health? Excellent. And how long do men tend to live in your family? 75, 80 years old. Oh, okay. So, So you're in that window already. Right. 
So in that case, I think doing the home equity line, I can't believe we're talking about something so ghoulish. But anyway, as far as the choice of those two, it may be a better idea, may, for you to do the home equity line of credit. Are you USAA insured? No, I'm not sure what that is. USAA is the military insurer. That's what I was asking, because they offer very good home equity lines of credit. Go to a credit union near you and see what they can do for you for a home equity line. Okay. And also call USAA? Well, USAA, you may be eligible to be a member of for your prior military service. May or may not. I'm not sure. Okay. They'll be able to let you know. So the best thing to do is probably just, you don't have any other alternatives between these two, huh? No, I mean, if, if you've exhausted your sources of funds and there's not a pile of savings hanging around and you're depending on the money you're already receiving from the feds for your military service and Social Security, then Sorry. looking at that, tapping that equity in your home is the next best strategy. Okay, so the reverse mortgage is second to the... Uh out the, um... Yeah, if you told me that, gosh, people in my family live to 105 and that kind of stuff, I'd say that it would make a better bet probably due to the reverse mortgage. But because the lifespan history in your family is such that that's in the window you're in, that's why I would say probably it would be better to do the home equity line. But we're going to hope that you live a long, long time. Sarah is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Sarah. Hello. How are you today? Great. Thank you, Sarah. I hope you are. I'm great. Thanks. So you're a saver. Yeah. Yeah, I sure am. Tell me. What you been doing? Well, I have been saving basically my whole paycheck and saving it at home. I know it's it just seemed like a good idea at the time, but now I've got a large amount of cash and I'm coming to realize I can't really do anything with it because, you know, you have to have it in the bank to be able to, like, buy a house or a car. You literally have cash cash? Yes. Oh, my goodness, you're scaring me no end. I know. Well, I'm scared, too. That's why I'm calling. So you cash your paychecks, don't spend them, and just put the cash under the mattress kind of thing? Well... Kind of, sort of. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Don't reveal where you're hiding your cash, but... No, no, that's why. Yeah, no, okay. I'm not. So what debts do you have? None. I, whatever I have, I pay for it. You know, I do have some credit cards, but, you know, I'm basically, I buy something, I pay it off, and I pay cash for everything else, but I'm wanting to, one, move, two, buy a house, um, So you're a renter sitting there with, can I ask kind of what kind of ballpark cash is sitting? uh, Over a hundred grand. Just sitting in cash in the house. All right. I would like you to run, not walk, with that money to a credit union and open an account and put it in there. Well, I do have a credit union account, and I've spoke to my credit union manager about putting the money in because it has been making me nervous to have it in there. But what I was concerned about is, I mean, I have records of withdrawal, you know, with the bank for all these years. I just, you know, what if the IRS comes and 
says, hey, how'd you come up with all that cash? And as long I, as you have records, you have nothing to fear, nothing to worry about. Now, if you deposit uh, six figures, actually, you deposit anything more than ten grand, the credit union's going to fill out a report that goes in because the government's going to want to see if you're a money launderer or yeah. a drug dealer. Yes. But as long as you can prove the source of funds, there's no issue. Oh, okay. You know, they're yeah. not going to seize your account. They're not going to do any of that crazy, goofy stuff. They're just going to ask, hey, how did you come up with all this? Or if you're really paranoid, you can put in like $8,000 a week for the next three months and well, keep it below 10000 each deposit. Right. I read online that's actually illegal if you're trying to avoid, you know, the IRS. Again, it's about intent. You're yeah, not tr- you're not a drug dealer no. <laughs> trying to hide your cash from your drug transactions. I mean, you're not you're not a smuggler, you're not any of those things. No. So no. you have the truth is the greatest defense and you have records of how you got the money. Just feel comfortable putting it in cuz I'm uncomfortable with you having all that money sitting. Yeah, me too. <laughs> And, too, but and this my, money you want to use to buy a home, so it needs to be in the credit union, in that account. Yes. And the credit union account, so it's a federal credit union, will be insured up to $250,000. Well, that, that's, that, I feel so much better. They told me the same thing, but I wanted to get a second opinion because I didn't want to put it in and then lose it all. You're not going to lose it all. Okay, great, great. And, okay. uh, and you know, the, the rules about people who are laundering for terrorism, for drugs, they're there for a reason. They're not there to cause you problems, Sarah. Oh, great. And if, I- and if the, anybody with the Fed started hassling you, the first call I'd want you to make is to me. Thank you so much. Okay. Best to you. And, and go visit that nice person at the credit union. Get that money in. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Denise is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Denise. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you, Denise. Denise, you have a messy situation to share with me, don't you? I sure do. What happened? Well, uh, just as briefly as I can, um, this particular family member individual worked for the IRS for a few years, so knows the ins and outs, had mail diverted from her mom's house to hers years ago, 
had power of attorney, collected everyone in the family's social security number, cashed in their stocks, sold property, with the exception of a longtime weekend home. Um, there's evidence now that she has filed taxes as the wife of her brother and collected a refund. Oh, um, no. Oh, yes. <laughs> Just got the power of attorney from another family member who is very ill. Uh, who won a large amount of money when his spouse was killed in an auto accident. We are mostly concerned about how to delve into this IRS business. Wow. So you you got the smoking gun. You know this relative is doing all this terrible stuff. Yes. All right. So the IRS has the top focus on it right now is what are they doing about tax ID theft? Yes, and that's they, what we want to know. Yes. They need perpetrators. You can uh -huh. hand them a perpetrator on a silver platter. Uh, we think so, yes. So if you are willing to see, or actually would like to see this relative prosecuted, mm -hmm. then I would go straight to the IRS and report you know who the individual is who right. has, cre has done tax ID fraud. Okay. Because right. they are trying as hard as they can to find people who are doing that, prosecute them, and put them in jail as an example to others that are getting away willy-nilly with tax ID fraud. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So that is a terrible story you just told me. I know. And it's been going on for years as far as collecting all their stocks when her mom died and, and there were seven children in the family. So she has all of that. So you said this is your sister? No, it's a relative. It's cousins. Another, another relative. Cousins. Yes. Oh. So, you know, as they say, when somebody is arrested or prosecuted for something, it's mm -hmm. not their first crime. It's just the one that they got prosecuted for. Uh, yes. <laughs> so this is a case where maybe you'll be able to stop a lot of the other bad stuff going on uh -huh. by getting this relative thrown in jail for the tax ID stuff. Yes, hopefully. Hopefully. We just didn't know where to start. Well, I think, I think um, being a tipster to the IRS is the best thing you could do. Okay. Because if this person got away with it once with a fake return, they're going to uh, so do it again. Yeah, as far as we know, yes. Yeah. So you got to stop them. I know. <laughs> and will you do me a favor? Sure. If you run into a brick wall of frustration uh -huh. trying to report this relative to the IRS and get okay. anything done about it, please uh -huh. let us know. Oh, sure. All right. So, All right. Is there a way I can do that? Yes. Hang on just a second. We'll make sure that you can contact us later if that's a problem. And uh, All right. And and I thank I, you so much. I really like your show. Well, thank you. And I'm really sorry about the circumstances you're describing. You know, often some of the worst havoc that can happen in people's financial lives sadly will happen from a close friend or a relative. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I appreciate you tuning in to The Clark Howard Show. And if you'd like more fun stuff to listen to by podcast, well, we have our Empowerment Zone. This is where you get to hear the stories of people that have done amazing things, either in overcoming hardship in their lives 
or things they've done to accomplish, go to clark.com slash empowermentzone.